All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're watching Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchak. Your one-stop shop for all things Oilers. Oilers Nation every day, 12.01 or later. We're in shambles right now. Let's get into it with the lead. We're not Um, used to doing shows back at this studio. That's all. No. We're used to Eastern time starting at 2. My body is strangely adjusted to the Eastern time zone. I've been getting very sleepy around 8 p.m. Last two days. That implies that while you were in the Eastern time zone, you were going to bed at 10 p.m. I was. I was tucked in. I did nothing after uh, social <laughs> gatherings. I um, went to bed. Did Tyler he, was in the couch. I was on the couch. So I lost that battle very unfortunately. Very it was, quickly. Too. It was nice to get the bed back when you flew home, though. What did you think? It was okay. Not great. Yeah, it wasn't great, was it? It was uh, weirdly shallow. Yeah. Like, I'm not tall. I'm five foot eleven and three eighths. You're six foot two. Uh, just look up Luke Gazdick's hockey no, DB. I'm no, right no, around no, that. No, no, no. But my feet were dangling off the bed. That extra three eighths I have were just hanging loose. I can't imagine what you're hanging going loose. Uh, welcome into Oilers Nation every day, live from the Sports Closet Studio and streaming live on the Oilers Nation YouTube. Curtum, our boy. Is in and says the M- quote. Okay, wait. Is this a quote from someone? Yes, it's from NHL Sid, who we love. I would love to get NHL Sid on the show one day. I would too. Never met him. Never met him either. <laughs> the Edmonton Oilers could be one upgrade away from having amongst the strongest defensive cores in the NHL. By NHL underscore Sid was well worth the read. Kenny needs an upgrade over CC. CC is not a top four D. We'll talk about that. Listen, that headline and that storyline is not going to go away at any point over the next week, Liam. No, it's the biggest storyline right now. And one, I think it's a credit to the players in the locker room who have been able to put themselves in positions where they've solidified a spot, I guess you could say. I'm looking at Calvin Pickard. I'm looking at a guy like Warren Folo, Ryan McLeod, like guys who have, have stepped up the games. And look, like we've both defended Cody Cece on this show, but I think it's extremely fair to say that like, if the others can find a legit upgrade and they have to be for sure on that upgrade. Yep. You take the shot. The problem is, like, we don't know who that upgrade is, right? Like, I feel like you look everywhere else, and so yeah, you could upgrade uh, Pickard for Flurry. You could upgrade Fogel for Jake Gensel if you wanted to. Ryan McLeod, 
bring in Adam Henry. I don't know, just throwing him out. But like yeah. CC, it's like Sean Walker. And it's like, how much better is that? Like, yeah. I'm not saying he's bad by any means. I just don't know. And even when it comes to the Ryan McLeod thing, like, um, I'm all for adding another centerman, but I'm doing it with the mindset of I'm making Ryan McLeod a winger again. He's playing on the wing. He's on the wing right now. We'll get into that in a little bit, but I want to make him a winger. I'm not trading Ryan McLeod plus, plus, plus for Boone Jenner. I'm not trading Ryan McLeod plus for Adam Henrique. I, I'm trading for a centerman to add to my forward depth. Yeah. And the thing with CC is you're getting rid of CC and you have to get rid of CC in this scenario to make it work cap wise and roster wise. That's why it needs to be such a big upgrade. Like, I'm not going to sit here and argue about, and I saw people were throwing the charts that I think it was Dusty who did it on his show. The idea of like, would you trade McLeod in a Jenner deal? And I don't think I would. I understand the question though, but people were throwing the charts at him and being like, well, you can't look at the percentage on Fresh and this, that, blah, blah, blah. It's like, is I like those charts because they're, they break down the info in a very they're easy good, way, yeah. but they're not gospel. No, 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 no. And Boone Jenner would bring a lot to this team. But that being said, I, I wouldn't do that as a swap. I'm not going McLeod plus, plus, plus. I'm trying to add to the forward group, not subtract and lose some sort of depth. On the blue line, Philip Robert's your number seven. You probably want to add another vet into the mix there because you, you could need eight D-men to get through a playoff yeah, run. Sure. Most of the time, you need at least eight to get through a playoff run. It's just the problem is with CeCe, there, he can't be your seven. And you have Vinny as your six and all of that, right? So you need to sacrifice CC in the move, which is why I think you need to be damn sure it's an upgrade. If it's just bringing in Sean Walker at 50% retained for a second or third round pick, <clears throat> I'm somewhat tempted by that, especially if you're a little bit confident he can maybe play both sides. What's Sean Walker's cap? Because there is a way the Oilers can do this without actually having to move anybody in the set. Sorry, any of their core group, because we've discussed it before. So right now they have 1.3 million in cap space. If you if you move on from Matias Yamark, mm-hmm. you have two point one million. Or you even, get a pretty good player for two point one million. Yeah, but the only thing is, right, then you're you could bury Yanmark and save the million. But you have to replace them. I mean. But you have to you replace them on the roster with like an Ernie. So you really only save No, you don't. You have thirteen forwards. So you could just you want to run twelve again? You just run twelve, and if it like rotates or whatever, then Yeah, you if you, you have know. the seventh D man, you could go eleven and seven in a pinch. They, I I do think it's a realistic idea that they go just 12 forwards after the deadline. I could too. Cause what was it? March 10th is the deadline. Eight. March 8th is the deadline. Playoffs start what? Early mid April. Yeah. You go on six weeks with 12 forwards. I mean, look, like they not, went basically all last season with 12 forwards. It's not ideal by any means, but it's not like this team isn't, I'm familiar with playing 11 and seven. Like yeah. the team under Knobloch for sure. Like if they've done it, they didn't even do it once. They put Philip Kemp as a winger. So it's an option if they wanted to do that and not sacrifice someone within the team, mm-hmm. uh, within the core of the team. Would Vinny be a guy you kind of rotate in and out as your seventh guy? And then your third pairing is Dayane, uh, sorry, uh, Kulak and Cece. Like, I don't think that's the craziest option in the world. You know, if you wanted to bring in a walker, like that would be a good blue line. Uh, not taking anything away from Vinny. I think Sid even said in his um, in his piece on OilersNation.com that Vinny and Kulak is something like fourth, the fourth best pairing in the league in something. I probably should have researched. Hmm. But uh, that would involve prep. Me, <laughs> great point. That was a great conversation we had with one of our <laughs> colleagues down in uh, Toronto while we were doing our live all-star games. And they go, Oh, God. Kulak and DeHarnay rank fourth in the league, operating at a fantastic 59% expected goal differential. With this duo on ice, Edmonton has produced 98 high danger chances for and allowed 50 against. Nearly a perfect two to one ratio. There it is, Liam. (laughs) So, again, like my idea of like, could you bring in Walker if you think he's maybe a lefty or he can play the right left side? I don't think he has that ability, but if you had that knowledge, is there a Walker for Kulak swap? And then you're just trusting that you know Walker will flip from side to side. Brober can play more for you. I don't know. I don't know. They, they, I, I don't think that's a great idea, but I flip it, having Walker and flipping yeah. side to side. Yeah. But if you want the point being, if you wanted to bring him in just as a depth thing, but again, if he's better than CC, I just, Again, I'm nervous about moving out CC and then bringing in a new defenseman unless I'm 100% sure. But I'm going to keep, I'm going to be a broken record on that for the rest of this run. I think one angle of this that a lot of people aren't necessarily discussing is 
So this part is discussed of moving Barry last season. Everyone was worried how the power play was going to be. Yep. Like, how's this all going to work? But I think that, uh, but Bouchard evidently has come in and stepped and made the team better. The problem this team has right now is they don't have a guy like Bouchard who's going to step in and fill that role. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just a bit. You don't have that coverage there. Yeah. Like, bro, like you would if you traded a Kulak instead of a CC. Yeah, exactly. At least so, it's third pairing. At least you have Broberg there, whatever. So I think that's a layer of this is the depth isn't there necessarily to replace CC within either, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think it does. I I'm wording it terribly, but you know what I mean? There's yeah. a lot of things they could do. Like I said, like you move out Matias Yamark. Heck, even if you wanted to send down Derek Ryan, as much as that would suck, but like, that is two million. If you want to bring, it like, gives you another forward to kind of play with. There's a lot of variables here. Like, but again, bring those just, guys up. Yeah. Like, I don't know, just kind of spitballing a little bit. If you were really tight, I see what you mean. Like, going from, if you were to go down to twelve forwards and send down Yanmark, that saves you some money. And then, if you were to go from a Derek Ryan to an Ernie, that would save you like a little bit. No, I'm saying even too. Like, say you bring in a forward that's making two million bucks, but he's three million. It's like, okay, well, we've already sent down Yanmark, so we only have 12 forwards now. It's like, okay, if we send down Derek Ryan, then there's our 3 million. They kind of make a cab work that way. There's a lot going on in my head right now with numbers, yeah. but that's my idea. I feel that. <laughs> uh, yeah, someone when we were in uh, Toronto asked you, they were like, like how long before your show do you guys prep? And you were like, oh, no, we don't prep. I've never prepped for the show. I we, prepped once for the show, and I specifically remember it was against the Winnipeg Jets this season. And I just had a lot of time in the morning. I was like, I'm going to make some notes. You could go back and watch. It might be my best performance. I would argue unprepped, Liam, yeah, is no, exactly this is what we need. This is you and your pee. Uh, yeah, someone said something to me once about just the show. And I was like, that is what makes Liam and I the great match. Mm-hmm. Is I can just rely on you to be you. Yeah, I'll you, be here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other day. The other day, and you know, my girlfriend obviously knows who you are. Me and you have been close for a while. But you made some joke in our producers' meeting about how you'll never financially recover. You haven't financially <laughs> recovered from Game Seven against the Kings two yeah. years ago, and you said it as she was bringing me my morning coffee. Great girl, brings me my morning coffee to my office during my meetings. Um, and later that night, she was just like, "Liam really doesn't just. That's not a bit. He he never turns that off." And I was like, "No, he he absolutely does not turn that off." And it's true. I know, but well yeah. worth it. Uh, the candidate is in and says, "I prep more, <laughs> I prep more for the chat than Tyler and Liam do for the show, and that's why we love you guys. If we didn't have such a great YouTube chat, then we would probably have to prep." Um, it like it's funny too. Like people are like, "Oh, you guys interact with the chat so much more than everybody else because we need to fill time." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much all it comes down to. Um, so you know what else we didn't prep today? We didn't prep what our mock trade was going to be for later on in the show. So here's what we're going to do. Rely on the chat. The chat can do our prep for us. <laughs> Drop us a somewhat realistic trade deadline trade mm. proposal, and we'll get into them a little bit later with our service credit union mock trades. So um, you can all chime in, give us trade proposals because we didn't come up with Put any. Put like today. all capitals mock trade. So yeah. I can, so I can see it. So we can sort through them. That's smart. That's smart. Uh, we do have a short for giant question. We have Bruce Kerlock coming up in a little bit as well. I'll dig into everything you guys are saying. Uh, in the YouTube chat, like Canada, who says, says Tyler as he's checking his text. I mean, the other insight is <clears throat> our only way to communicate with each other about what we're going to do during the show is to text each other. Yes. So, you know, we don't have a talk back feature exactly. So yeah. we're always texting during the show. It's it's the way things have to be. Modern Anyways, technology. I want to put a little bow on All-Star Weekend because it was, I mean, you weren't there for the skills in the game, but you got no. to see the festivities leading up to it. What did you kind of make of the vibes around Toronto? I thought they were awesome. I thought the city of Toronto did actually a really good job of mm-hmm. incorporating the all-star game, especially on, like you said, like JBM and I left, and a lot of us left actually the, the Friday, but I was a lonely boy. You were. Um, the jerseys you see around the city were really cool. Like we saw a lot of like NHL celebrities in general. Like mm-hmm. it was cool. Like I walked past Marty Walsh in the street. I was walking past the hotel and Rick Tockett was just stood there on the phone. I saw Morgan Riley in the club. Yeah, there you go. And it was like, when <laughs> we were leaving um, dinner on Thursday, Oh yeah, we walked right past Devin Dubnik. We also got to have dinner with John Bucci Gross. Yes, we did, which was 
super crazy because we walked in and they were like, we were under a reservation. Colby Cohen, our good friend, yep. made a reservation for us. And they were like, oh, someone's at the bar waiting. And we were like, who is it? As if they would know. And they were like, I don't know. He's just st- sat in a suit. And we got there and it was John Bushigarsh. Bushy, yeah. And he had just been hosting the NHL draft. Like he would have <laughs> wrapped up 10 minutes before that and yeah. somehow beat us there. And he was sat at the bar and he joined us. A great guy. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was, it was awesome. I wish I could have seen the skills competition, but just to watch it on TV was, was great. And I thought the, the players all committed to it besides Kucherov, obviously, which was super <laughs> weird. But even the game itself was competitive. Like you could see in the game, uh, McDavid versus McKinnon, I think the game was. Yeah. Um, they wanted to win. They wanted to come back and try and win that game. And they started trying about. with exactly three minutes left. Yeah. And it's, it was good. I, I thought the NHL did a good job. The draft could do some with some upgrades, but we're not even going to see it next year. So or maybe the year before, it might be three years before we get another All-Star game. Yeah, because next year is going to be the Four Nations tournament. Yeah. Year after that's an Olympic year. They might peg they All-Star might. onto Olympic, but I don't know if they'll do that. Um, I have an idea of how you make the draft better. Okay. And it kind of messes a little bit with the skills comp, but I think you can figure it out. What if you combine the two? That when you won a competition, it was almost like an auction. Like there was a player on the line. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, accuracy shooting. Whoever wins the accuracy shooting gets dry sidle. You know what I mean? Like the four captains go at it and then gradually your team gets stronger. And then you like keep progressing. And the more competitions you win, the better players you get. I think that would be like kind of fun. Like it would add an element of competition to it rather than just like all side being like, oh, we got four guys left. Bjorkstrand's upset. He's not in San Diego, but here's a card. Who are you going to get? I don't like that because I think it confuses it. It makes it confusing. I know. I think, and I love the skills comp. I I don't want to mess with the skills comp now. Maybe you could, man, I think there's a way you could adapt that in, but I don't know. I don't think they will, but I thought it'd be good. Then you make it two days rather than three. I just felt like the presentation stunk of the, of the draft part on Thursday night. It was brutal. Yeah. But I, yeah, you know, I'm a sucker for a good fantasy draft. Yeah, I, I just feel like it, it could be a good fantasy draft if they presented a little bit better. Have a last pick. Yeah. Skills competition was awesome. Connor McDavid lit it up. He was, was great. Unbelievable. And full marks to the NHL. I, I wrote a full review of all of this in a two-part article series up at the site. So you can go read that at OilersNation.com. Um, but they finally got a breakaway challenge right. And they've tried to do this for years. How do you properly do a shootout competition or something like that? Yeah. They finally did it right. The only thing I thought players should have been doing because there was the five pucks to start that were worth one and then the pucks that were worth two points at the blue line. That's how it worked. Yeah. Okay. I thought guys... It was awesome. It was awesome. And I, did it translate well on TV? It Amy? was awesome. I thought everything about it was good. Entertained the whole way through. But I was waiting for one of the players to just rifle off the one-pointers and just get... Why waste that 10 seconds? That's two extra attempts with the two-pointer. Yeah. Like, just go in and don't even deke. One stride, shoot. One stride, shoot. And just see if you can beat the goalie one stride doing that and get to the blue line. Um, they looked gassed. Some- they did. Ha- a minute of straight breakaways yeah. would be actually pretty lot. tough. Yeah. Um, in other news surrounding the All-Star, which is very funny because I've seen it, uh, Justin Bieber was on the ice for the warm-ups. It was so cool. And that is very cool. But did you see how in his picture with Crosby and McKinnon, kind of lean to the one side to take the picture more with Crosby than McKinnon. Wanted to crop out Nate And dog. everyone was joking that he's going to crop out McKinnon. Well, he did. No. He posted he? a picture on his Instagram and cropped out Nathan McKinnon. No. <laughs> Just him and Sidney Crosby. I'd show you all, but you wouldn't be able to see it. So, yeah. Poor Nate dog. Quite funny. Quite funny. <laughs> that is good. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, nice to see Sidney Crosby show up. Frank. <laughs> A little behind the scenes is every week, every producer of shows, we have to submit our, how many impressions our social views do. Yeah. Uh, the bosses are going to be very happy with that report tomorrow, gentlemen, because <laughs> that clip of Frank on Twitter alone got 2.7. Shilly. <laughs> he was fired up. Yeah, it was, it was quite, he, uh, he did go and clarify it a little bit today on the rundown. And like, Listen, I, I, people were really coming at Frank's throat on it, and it's Sidney Crosby. And anytime you say something bad about Sidney yeah. Crosby, like that's going to happen. Connor McDavid's been to more All Star games than Sidney Crosby. Kind of crazy. Seven, right? Yeah, Crosby. I think this was number six or something. 
I know Olympics and injuries took away from him in a bit there. And no one said Sidney Crosby's a bad dude. Like people, oh, no. someone threw back Frank. Like, when my daughter had cancer, Crosby found out and mailed her a stick. Yes, Sidney Crosby's a great guy. Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin, that on-ice rivalry, carried the NHL through, for years. Yeah. But that was Crosby on the ice. Crosby off the ice made a habit of skipping some all-star games. Does stuff like this where he isn't there to kick it off, isn't there to do all the events. I dangerous way. Frank wasn't wrong. Golden Goal gave him a lot of goodwill. Yeah, totally. And Frank did say today on the rundown, he was like, if Crosby was American, no one would have had a problem with that take. Yeah, that's I think he does get a little bit of the and that's fine, man. That's totally fine. But I just think where and you know, maybe Frank could re-say some things if he could. That's to ask Frank about, not me. I just think some of the backlash was a little bit unfair because what Frank was saying was rooted in the truth that Crosby skips out on a lot of this. And you can say on ice, Sidney Crosby's done a lot for the game. Off the ice, I think his career has left you wanting a little more. He's never done the cover of a video game thing. He he's even at the skills competitions, he never comes out. Connor McDavid went out and rebuilt the skills competition with the NHL to try yeah. and make it better and to try and make this weekend better. Um, and by off the ice, Sid sat in Montana. You're referring to specifically NHL things off. Yes, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but even marketing wise, like who, who are his big commercials? Tim's, which That's he does for the good. hockey cards. But I'm just saying like, you know, it's not like he does a lot yeah, of base yeah. of the but, league kind of stuff. But I'm saying you, just to cover you up a little bit, you're not you're not referring to like his commitments, like the community and stuff. No, like that, he's right? an awesome guy. Yes. yes. That's but great. I, I agree. Like it is kind of crazy. He's never been on the cover of a video game. Is that right? Wow. Travis, Travis Egress is. Yeah. Connor has been. PK Subban, as much as we hate him. He was on the Who was brought game. on stage at the Nelly Furtado concert. No way. Apparently they might be dating. Wow. Nelly Furtado and PK Maybe Subban. someone should, fact, should yeah. fact check me on that. I don't know, Spread. I good. heard from a friend I was at the event with that apparently they're dating. So I, I don't know. Okay. You actually, you know who could probably give us an answer on that? Bruce Kerlock. Let's get to the Star Mechanical guest line, starmechanical.ca, Edmonton's number one plumbing and heating company. We now get to the one man on this show who does have a real job. Oh, not you, Aaron. <laughs> you have a fake job. Bruce Kerlock's got a real job. Confirm or deny, Suban and Nelly Furtado. Yeah, I'm not going there. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want the clip all over the internet for me doing Hey, look, I, it was a big step that my kids got me to watch the Grammys last night, so... That's as far as my pop culture. That's as far as it goes. I've never been a, an award show guy. Oof. All right. I never watched Don't. the Grammys. I never watched the Oscars. I actually didn't know the Grammys was music. I thought that was movies, but that's the Oscars. That's the Oscars and the Academy Awards. Yeah, it's all good. You know, none of us are good at the pop culture thing. So let's get to what at least Bruce is good at. And that's talking about hockey. Bruce, I want to bring up a line from a tweet you had the other day where you said trading Philip Broberg would be one of the biggest mistakes of the Ken Holland era. You said trading Phil Broberg will be, yeah, one of the biggest regrets of the Ken Holland era. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about that a little bit. Is Broberg on a Holloway level of untouchable for you heading into the deadline? Yep. Yeah, no, no question about it. He's an NHL defenseman playing in the AHL. And but for the fact that this defense core in Edmonton has had a tremendous track record of health this year, Mike, I think you'd see him. Uh, he'd be playing and I mean, he'd be excelling. I just don't doubt about it in my, in my mind. Interesting. So, I mean, we'd heard the possibility. I know Stephen Ellis wrote that Broberg, one of the 10 prospects he could see being moved ahead of the deadline. Um, I, what areas of Broberg's game, I guess, have grown the most here in the American league from, from your viewpoint. So, you know, again, I, I mean, recency bias is always an issue, right? So when he went down, he had had a couple of tough games at the end. But if you look at his fancies um, and the fact that he was playing on the right side, they were really good. Like he, he was not poor when he was going to, when he went down to Bakersfield, he was quite good. The issue was, is that they just couldn't get him any minutes. Right. And so when he went down, I think the whole like concept there was just to play him as much as possible in every situation. I wouldn't suggest that anything is uh, improved a bunch. Um, just getting more minutes, I think, gives him 
you know, more experience, gives him more puck touches, gives him more feels. Um, that's all good stuff. His offensive game has actually been quite good. Um, I, you know, I don't know that it totally translates very well at the NHL level. I, I, I get into a bit of a, uh, dream or a fantasy when I watch him sometimes, cause he looks so much like Oscar Clefbaum when he moves a puck around the ice. But, um, you know, so maybe that part of his game is a little bit better. He's still probably not as physical as I think some people would like. Um, he's much more of a, a stick defender, a length defender, um, that, you know, could he make people pay a little bit more on the inside? It would be great, but it's just really the minutes and him playing in every single situation and playing a lot. And, you know, just, I haven't seen it in, in, in their, in his time down there against every team. I haven't seen a defender that dominates the game like he does. Um, he's certainly an NHL defenseman now and, would be on most teams playing in the, in the NHL. What, what have your thoughts been of uh, Borgo as of late? We kind of spoke about him on Friday's show, and I said I'd be a bit hesitant to trade him. I think you look at someone like Raphael Lavoie, not to compare the two directly, but he kind of picked it up really quite a lot this past year, and I think if you give Borgo a bit more time, you might be able to have that same same projection. Yeah. Am I wrong? No, I don't. I mean, I don't think so. I mean, I don't look. Uh, <clears throat> the Oilers are going to make some trades. I assume at the deadline. I, would I be shocked if Borgo was in one of them? Probably not. I think I had said somewhere the two players I thought would more like most likely to get traded were him and Rodrigue, um, for a little bit different reasons, obviously. But um, with Borgo, I, I mean, I've really liked his game since Christmas. Um, he, you know, he is, he's got a quick twitch, both physically and mentally. He thinks the game so fast, um, and, and, and is a great skater and he's got a great stick. Um, he's a f- tremendous four checker. The issue is, is that you drafted him in the first round yeah. of, you know, and he's a forward and that means you need to score and he's not scoring. Um, he scores, uh, shockingly, he scores more at, uh, shorthanded than he does even on the power play. Um, and he's an excellent penalty killer, um, but he just doesn't score enough at five on five. And I, I've wondered a lot. He, he, he's looked better, uh, much better in terms of that aspect with uh, Lane Peterson and Drake Kajula. So I think a little bit about whether, you know, he's a complimentary player. So like if you play him with somebody in the NHL, who can carry the line? Does he does he become a really good supporter? And I, this is going to come back bite me in the ass, but I really think a lot about a guy like Jordan Eberle with Taylor Hall. Like J- J- Jordan was never a play driver, right? Jordan actually really, you know, didn't even shoot the puck for a guy who scored a bit. Like he was he was more of a puck support guy, and he scored a lot down at twelve feet in front of the net. And I wonder a lot if that's kind of what he could be. So yes, Liam, I, I'd be very cautious about trading him. Um, that said, he hasn't done nearly enough in his time. And uh, I could see, you know, does a management team look at it and say, you know what, we have some other forwards that can solve this, this issue. And he's a better trade piece. I think that's entirely possible. We've done some talk before about, you know, the idea of going from Kulak to Broberg, moving Kulak, getting some cap help. Going over to this summer, and the last, and the last time we talked about this, we brought it up as we let you go, and you texted me and said, now you're talking about Phil Kemp after you let me go from the show? Um, <laughs> this summer, if Vinny DeHarnay were to go, hey, I think I can get $2 million from someone on the open market because they want a big physical defenseman. Do you think Phil Kemp is a guy who could be ready to be an everyday NHLer by next October? so he's a he's a seven for me he could be a six i suppose um i i think you know i think the answer to a lot of what goes on in that third pair in edmonton is what goes on in the second pair right i think what makes Vinny darnay a little bit special is is that he carved out a role in the penalty kill um 
and made himself incredibly valuable. And I kind of think that's why he's going to get some some looks for some other teams. Um, Kemp has that same type of a role um, in the AHL, but I don't know when when I think about him in a third pairing and say someone like Philip Roberg, which I almost think you're going to have to have next year. I feel way more comfortable with Dayarnay and Broberg than I do with Kemp and Broberg. Um, not so much with Phil Kemp, some of it, but but just that's a very inexperienced pairing, right? So um, could he do it? Yeah, he could. I think it just comes back to this age-old thing that uh, I've talked about before. Tell me who your second pairing right defenseman is, and I'll tell you, you know, whether the third pairing guy can you know, be a Phil Kemp style player, right? I, I wonder a lot whether we're just going to trade in and trade out, right? Like Dave Arnade leaves on a two-year, $2 million deal somewhere else and we sign a, you know, a UFA, like a Mark Bissick or something like that. Basically what you're saying is, Tell me if Cody Cece is still here and I'll tell you if any day or Phil Kemp need to be the third yeah, grade. Yeah, that's right. And I would, oh, I, I guess, you know, just, just so I can get this out there. I'm not a Cody Cece hater. I, I, I'm quite fine with Cody Cece. Um, I don't buy the argument that geez, at his salary that, you know, that's, uh, makes him a worthwhile second pairing D. I don't, I don't buy that at all. I actually think you'd get a lot more out of Darnell Nurse if he had a different partner uh, than Cody Cece. Um, he, like Kulak, um, you know, Kulak is more of a salary thing. But the minute you move him up to the second pairing, he struggles, which we saw last year and we saw at times uh, in the playoffs. Um, and Cece, I think, is going to have the same issues. And so, you know, that's... You know, to me, if I was trading all of my chips, uh, it would be for something on in the second pairing right shot D and, and, uh, you know, that's not a shot at Cody CC. I just think he's overmatched there. Yeah. Um, Carlos have always been playing a lot better as of late, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. He has, uh, and interestingly enough, not with a push. Um, in terms of line mates, uh, he's playing with Jaden Grube and and uh, Matte uh, Matte Petrov, and you know it's a kid line. Um, uh, what I've noticed a little bit about Savoy, I wonder a little bit if he's just actually healthy now, um, because he looks quick twitch to me. Like he always had a bit of a quick twitch. I thought uh, both in Denver and uh, in the AJ, and he didn't have that almost. Like after I'm going to say the first 25 games of his first his inaugural season, and of course, then he had a lot of like he had a lot of injuries, right? In in a kind of call it an 18 month period. This year he's been relatively healthy, um, and you know he looks quick. He's 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 such a great you know given his size, you say he's such a great forechecker, but he is. He's an unbelievable forechecker. He's quick on the puck. He's got a great stick. Um, he separates guys from the puck fast. And when he gets it on a stick, he makes a play right away. He's not actually dissimilar from Xavier Borgo in that sense. Um, the thing with, with Savoy is I think he's like, he looks to me like he's a little bit more committed to the defensive side of the game, understanding that maybe his offense will come from his defense. Um, and like I say, he's playing with two young guys. And so them uh, performing is, you know, him performing at a, at a new level with two young players is actually, I would say, a really encouraging sign. He needs to score a little bit more. He's got to get that shot off better. Um, that's still not there. But, you know, take it for the last half season and, you know, see where you get to. Because I think that that shot will beat NHL goalies. I'm convinced of it. Um, but he just doesn't get get it off quite yet. And he'll figure that out. But um, his game, he looks quicker. Um, he's much more engaged. And, and like I said, and they're getting a little push. That kid line is now up to a third line. It was a fourth line. We'll see what this weekend shows. But confident, uh, coach has lots of confidence in him for sure. Uh, a couple more areas I want to hit on with you. I'm looking at Jack Campbell's game logs and I'm seeing a lot of nines in the save percentage department, Bruce. Are, are we getting to a point where there's a conversation that's about to happen or is Cal Pickard just playing so good that it's like a nonsense? 
so I, yeah, boy, I'll tell you, I'm going to get killed. I'm going to get killed on the X again because I can't win. I can't win on either side of this one. Um, so I will say this. He is playing better. Um, there's just no question about that. He looks more composed. Um, he looks calmer in panic situations. That said, like, you know, he makes saves and I'm like, somebody said it. I don't know if it was, it was uh, Brian Lawton or somebody was credited. He make, he doesn't make the same save twice, right? Like the, the puck comes off of him and it goes in different directions. Um, it, it's not, it's not a, it's not a very, I don't know what to call it. It's not a very professional manufactured style of save he makes. And so it causes a little bit of chaos. That said, I mean, look, he is making stops. The issue I think here that I worry about a lot is uh, this is a serious downgrade in Shearer he's a, he's playing against um, relative to the NHL. I mean, fourth line guys in the NHL shoot as well as first line guys in the AHL. Um, I think he would still be challenged up here. And I said to somebody online the other day, if you asked me in a one game winner take all, you know, what, who your goalie was, Pickard or Campbell, I'd still take Pickard. That's fair. Um, last one. I at least wanted to wrap up with you. Did you have another one? I think I'm covered. All right. So my last one, everyone is, I mean, we're a month and three days away from the deadline. So everyone's kind of, starting to find their horses. Everyone's got their dream player. For some, it's Sean Walker, Chris Tanev. For others, it's Tyler Toffoli, even if he's currently not available. I'm a Boone Jenner guy as well. Is there someone out there, maybe even someone who's not out there, who you look at and go, that would be a damn fine pickup for Mr. Holland? Yeah, I don't think it's uh, anything original. Like I've I've been on Chris Tanev all year, and I think it's still Tanev. Um, and I not for, I mean, he eats minutes. He eats the hardest minutes. Um, he's going to, he's learned that this PK needs a lot of help, but he is going to help your PK more than anything. The big thing with him is I really think he helps Darnell nurse. I, I just, it, Darnell nurse has actually been okay, but I think a guy like him, um, man alive, could he, he, he would take care of all of that back end tough down low work and allow Darnell to, to use what it, you know is really a little bit more of in his uh, skill set, which is his skating, you know, uh, and move up the ice. I think I think that's just such a great fit. Um, he'd be my guy for sure. I you know as much as it pains me, I'd overpay Calgary for him to be honest. But I I, I just think when if you had that top four, boy, I'll tell you, it's I'd be hard pressed to see how you're not locked in for a decent run to the Stanley Cup. Boy, there are not a lot of quality names on that uh, on that list. That is not a star-studded trade targets from our boy Frank. No. Uh, Bruce Kerlock, you can find him on Twitter at bkerlock. You can read his work at oilersnation.com and it's damn good work, Bruce, and we appreciate you hopping on. Yeah, thanks very much. Stay hydrated today, guys. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally, for most people, are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Dude, you're telling me. All right, there you go. Bruce Kerlock <laughs> on the Star Mechanical guest line. Star Mechanical Evan is number one plumbing and heating company, and it's been that way 
for the last 20 years. You can find out more about what they can do for you in the winter by visiting them at startmechanical.ca. Liam? Tyler? Let's continue along with the show. We were asking you all for your mock trades. and Oh, wait. I have a question. That's why I go Liam, because if you have something, you say it then before I I get into the next segment. No, I got it. We'll cut that. Yep. Um, (laughs) Okay, there's this conversation about Jack Campbell coming up, but I want to ask you a question because you're the cap master on the show. No, I just well, no, no, regurgitate what original pose are. That's why I said on this show. Okay. Because there's only two of us and I don't know anything about it. If they call up Jack Campbell, wouldn't they lose all that dead cap? Oh, it's 1.1 in dead cap. Right. So right now, if it, one it point, costs them about 400K to bring him back. Because you could, Not so, worth it then. No, I agree. It's not okay. worth it at all. Okay. I was just curious because uh, uh, if they had 1.3... Cap space right now, would that mean they only had 200,000? But then I guess they would send down Pickard. So the gap between that. So it's 400K. Yeah. So they would have $900,000 in cap space. Okay. So would you, no, I'm, I'm just walking through it. So would you rather have Jack Campbell come up or a new player? New player. All right. There you go. Yeah. Thank you, Capmaster. All right. Let's get into uh, our service credit union mock trade for the day. The trades are fake, but what is real? is the service big share. And it is back for a sixth year with your chance. That's you watching the show. Your chance to win $1 million just by saving money. Anyone can enter by becoming a member and saving with service. Every $500 saved gives you five entries into the service big share contest. Transfer your existing savings to service for your shot at winning 1 million bucks. Right around how much cap space the Oilers have. Huh? 1 million, yeah. True. Contest ends April 30th, 2024. Skill test required for rules. You know who you visit. It's service.ca slash win. We asked you for your mock trades. My boy Aaron was there keeping track of some of the good ones. So let's get into it. We got Rusty, Kyle, T. Langer, uh, someone else, and Travis Marshall. We'll start with the one from Rusty. Ryan Pollock, 50% retained for CC, a second, and a prospect. Let's even just assume the prospect is Broberg. Okay. I don't think the Islanders do it. It's a no No. from them. They're not keeping 50% of that contract for as long as that contract is, which is sizable. Um, I really like Ryan Pulak. I think he is a good defenseman. I think he would make the Oilers better, but it's a little bit, and I think he's better than Colton Pareko, but it's a little bit of the Pareko debate with me where Pulak's under contract for one, two, three, four, five, six more years. Mm -hmm. I like Ryan Pulak now. Do I want 35, 36-year-old Ryan Pulak? No. Are the Islanders going to keep six years of dead money just to get CC a second and a prospect? No. So it's just not a fit, unfortunately. Yeah, I, it's a no from me. I choose a no from the Islanders. They're trying to make the playoffs. Yeah, that too. They, they are, they're not in the business of getting worse. And I don't think what you've offered them, like they're basically then signing up to take CC at Pulak's cap hit, right? For a second and a prospect. I, just, I, I like the thought of Pulak, Rusty, but I just that the trade just can't work. Uh, Kyle Buxton is in and says, CC, Yanmark, a first and a third for Pulak retained. Again, same song and dance. I, I just don't quite see that being a fit. So we'll move off of uh, Pulak and get to one from T. Langer, who said Campbell, a first, the third in 2025, and Broberg for both Konechny and Walker. So again, let's break this down into parts. How much does it cost to get out of Jack Campbell? Frank has kind of figured a first and a third is the ask. Okay. So you've covered the Campbell thing. Broberg for Konechny, I think Philly would want to pick in there with that, right? They might want two. They would probably want a first to go with Broberg. And then on top of that, you probably need to give up a second for Sean Walker. So T. Langer, a package deal for Konechny and Walker and getting them to take Campbell in the process, that jives, man. I like that start. I think where we need to go from here is add another first and add Borgo. Uh, I think if there's... One team in the NHL that wanted to Jack Campbell, it would be the Philadelphia Flyers. Why? Because they just took Cal Peterson. Oh, yeah. They wouldn't probably want to commit to that much. Yeah, so I don't think they would take 10 million in dead goalies. Great point by Liam. Like, yeah. Aaron is in. Who said this one? Was this your idea, Aaron? Oh, no. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't put a name. No, no, I'll take this one. Uh, The union tour. CC and a second for Adam Larson. So if you're Seattle, you're sitting there going, hey, let's get a second round pick. Let's get Cody Cece, who takes the Larson spot for a little cheaper. Mm-hmm. Same amount of term on these two guys. Is it worth the second for Seattle to do what is a downgrade? 
maybe if they're out of the playoff picture because they think, hey, let's just use that second in the summer. Maybe we can get scoring help. Maybe we can do something else with it. And then next deadline, if we're in it, we have CC. If we're out of it, we sell CC at 50% retained. Maybe you get a third. Like, is that a way for them to hedge their bet and potentially multiply it later by getting CC in a second for Larson? The only thing that stands out, out here for me is Larson's no trade clause. Is he willing to come to Edmonton? Personally, I think that'd be very, very tough for him. And it's not really something we even need to speculate on if he would or wouldn't do. I'm all in on an Adam Larson reunion. I would like it. I think it would be a smart move. Just needs to go both ways is my only point. Uh, yeah, I would like an Adam Larson back as well. But another layer to this is that Seattle's two points out of a playoff spot in what is kind of a bit of a, a crapshoot. But is this how they hedge their bet? They get a they get a future asset and they get yeah, CC a- back and they can sit there and say, hey, we're, we're going to keep the chance to go to the playoffs open, but we're adding picks. That's fair. I think the other layer of this is like Seattle went to the playoffs last year and beat Colorado. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a team that has proven they can win a playoff series with an Adam Larson in the lineup. I, just, I would say their chances of making it further in the playoffs with Cody CC over Larson are less. Over a Larson are less. But the second round pick, can you make it worth their while with the future? Well, what do they have? What if there's a bigger deal? Let's. What if we were to blow this bad boy up and go full reunion tour? <laughs> I believe. Yes. And you add in Borgo to that mix, maybe in a third. And now you're sitting there and you're giving him CC. You've given him a second and a third. You've given him Borgo. <laughs> and with my heart. I mean, I just, I don't know. I don't see Seattle moving off pieces. Like, I just think. I that, really don't either, to be fair. Yeah. I think you look at that group of teams around them, like. St. Louis is, I think they could almost bank off the fact of like teams around them will sell off. St. Louis will probably get rid of a couple of pieces. Nashville might. Arizona, I think, will continue to push. Calgary's already got rid of guys. Minnesota might. They're only four points back of the LA, of the Los Angeles Kings. Ebbs is in, says yes. Well, bring, let them know. Let them know, Ebbs. I don't know. I just, I don't see Seattle being a partner to dance with. This is not Carson Susie all over again. Mulek said watching us play Larson last game wasn't great. His foot speed is lacking. That is probably the one concern I have with that deal, but I still would view him as an upgrade on CC and there's some familiarity there. So I don't have the same hesitancies I had before. So I don't know. Um, all right. I think we had one more sitting here in the chat. Yes. It's from, from Travis Marshall. Fogel first, second Borgo for Jenner money retained. No chance. Too much, too much, too much. Fogel's the best player in that trade. You're trading. Well, no, Hundred percent. I think Jenner's more useful than. Give Vogel. him a realistic Boone Jenner trade. Then. Take out Fogel, change the second to a third. First, third Borgo for Boone. Basically, you know, you're sitting there. If Boone Jenner was a rental, he'd get a first. You're getting yeah. a second year of him, so you give up Borgo. You're getting a third year of him, so you throw in a third. Or the third is for the money retention. I just think if you're moving out a first round pick, then it should be for your number one priority. Number one priority is... I think it's a winger now. Boone so, Jenner allows you to flip Ryan McLeod to the wing. Okay, so if you're bringing in Boone Jenner, mm-hmm. you have then lost your second line right winger to bring in, at best, a third line... I'm not doing that with Fogel. I'm not... Fogel's no, I'm out just saying it. that yeah. trade yeah, in yeah, general. Yeah. I just don't see how that's... First, third, Borgo for Jenner. I don't know. I don't think I would. Why not? I just uh, like Boone Jenner's what now? 31? Yeah. Would you do it for Henrique? No. I don't know. I don't think I would do it for any of them. I, I think he's 30. He's 30. I just hate this market so much. Like, I hate these guys we have to go, like debate who we're going to trade for. Like, I, for me, it's Kevin Hayes as a guy. And I know the argument there is like the eight. But if you like Kevin Hayes, you have to like, but also you can get the, you can get the value down to like one point, whatever, if they retain 50 or 2 million, whatever it may be. And Kevin Hayes, hasn't he been a 50 plus man a couple of times in his career? Like, I know he's not in his peak anymore, but. That's who I would go for. And I think the spine of this team, even if you put Holloway as your third line center, is you want the speed. And I think the speed is going to kill other teams in the playoffs. We saw that with Colorado a couple of years ago. I've got, it's, two, it's I've got two things. I, I wouldn't, sorry, I wouldn't 100% say no to Boone Jenner. I just don't know what I would trade for. Well, Frank, Frank did tease you with it the other day. He did. He'd be teasing. Uh, now you're all okay, I've, got, I've got two. One on behalf of the chat. Tyler, how would you make a Jake Gensel trade work? What's your... So it's getting retained twice. 
because you need it down to three and then hopefully down to one and a half or something close to it. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to give up a fourth to make the rest of the money work. That's fine. Uh, what does Pittsburgh want for who would be if they make him available the best player on the market? First, Borgo. Third, and like probably a B level, like a Tulio or a Petrov. Done. <laughs> A lot, man. Yeah. But like, yeah, no, I, I'd be all over again, so for sure. But that is a one and done, which is fine by me. So you're okay giving up that much for a one and done because the gap from Gensel to Jenner is so great. Yes, Jenner was an all star. Mulek says move on from too. <laughs> Mulek says move on from Fogel and a Gensel trade. You might not have to because again, twice retained. Well, the other layer, to twice retained, too, you can make it work. The other's right side so- is so slim. Like if you if you move on, I'm look. I'm not going to say and pretend that Gensel's not better than Fogel because that would be wrong. Yeah. But now your right side currently is Hyman, Fogel, Perry, Brown. So your right side could be Hyman, Gensel, Fogel, Perry. Or if you could, yeah, yeah, that's what I want, dude. What a dream! Like I know that's a long shot and everything, but like I, you got to find a way not to lose Warren Fogel at this deadline. Like someone, someone said this the other day about Kulak and it's like, Kulak's someone you would want to add to your team if you're a contending team. And like the others are in a bit of a weird spot because they need to make money work and they've got some strengths here and there, whatever. But like, I just think if you take Fogel out of this group to like trade him for whatever, then how much better are you getting? You know what I mean? I think he's been so, he's been so good. He's found some chemistry with dry saddle. Maybe that's not even a spot you need to, to upgrade on. Like maybe the price of Gensel is so high that it's not even worth it. You know what I mean? But if you're Edmonton, like, I you would just, love Gensel. Don't and you just watched Winnipeg do their thing, and you just watched Vancouver do their yeah. thing. The arms race, you gotta keep up. Yeah, you do. Uh, this board uh, might one- be better. <laughs> <laughs> that was awkward. we all stopped. My one other thing that I did confirm, well, not confirmed, but can we, full, can we full screen it? Yeah, here, there you go. Here. Oh, let me take that off. And it said from 2022, I believe. So, Ali Furtado. Who knows? All right. Good investment. Hard hitting journalism. Yeah, I like that. Um, age like fine wine, too. Ooh, that was a fun show. Anywho. I also thought you were going to see Nelly. I, for people who want the backstory, I think I, I've shared it a couple of times now. Our friends from Betway visiting from London again. They were at the All Star yeah. break. They're, they're at the all-star game and he said, do you want to come see Nelly? And I was like, oh, my friends have flown back home. I would love to come see Nelly with you. And then while we're later on that day, I was like, yeah, yeah. so like Nelly Furtado is playing. And I was like, oh, wrong Nelly was very excited. I had my bandaid on. <laughs> no remix or ignition that night. No, that's R. Kelly. No, that's Nelly. Ignition is by Nelly. Really? Or is it Dilemma? Dilemma is by Yeah, Nelly. dude. Remix to Ignition is by R. Kelly. He was not performing at all. No, he's... Dilemma, though. Oh, I was thinking Nelly and Kelly sing Dilemma. Okay. This is Kelly Rowland, right? I, I, I'm, we not, listen, I'm the wrong Google guy. It? I don't know. We're two guys from Shirt Park. Dilemma and Kelly. State our life. Nelly. Kelly Rowland. I don't, yeah, Kelly Rowland, 2002. What a hit. Nelly Furtado had a good list of bangers. Uh, what's the one? Man Eater. Man Eater. Yeah. That's the only one I can. Uh, she quit. sings one with Timbaland. Yeah, uh, Promiscuous. Promiscuous. Yeah. Was yeah. Oh, man. And it banged. It oh, banged in person. Have you ever listened to, do you know the song Apologize by One Republic? Sure. Of course. Have you ever listened to it without Timbaland in it? Because when we were going to the JPL, we were, we were driving there and I was singing, the song came on and I was like, why isn't Timberland's not in this? And the difference is remarkable. Nell, Nelly, wait. Yeah, Nelly Furtado, or is this just Nelly? Uh, Google's confused. <laughs> Four number one hits. So it's legit. Fly like a bird, turn off the light. That's one. I'll 
Turn off the light. I'll know. play for you after the show, and you'll be like, "Damn, that is a good song." Like a bird, I can yeah. fly away. That's all right, okay. we do need that to move along. Good one. Let's catch up with uh, what you're all saying over in the YouTube chat. As you know, the YouTube chat is brought to you by Charm Diamond Centers. It is proudly Canadian-owned and operated since 1972, with more than 85 locations across the country. It's the perfect time to check out their large selection of Canadian lab-grown diamonds, mine diamonds, and you don't pay until 2025. With their instant in-store financing, OAC. For more information, go to charmdiamondcenters.com. Jake is in. You don't want Gensel. I think you do. I'm in. Um, what else? Play tipsy. I Again, I, I was also kind of in my cup on Saturday night, so I don't remember a whole heck of a lot. Uh, McDavid should use that Millie as cap space at the deadline. Yeah, how about Connor McDavid taking home a cool one mil? What do you think he did with it? Uh, I think he's spending on the team. I think he'll do yeah, something yeah. with the team. Yeah, if you missed, Luke Gazdick said in 2016 when Taylor Hall won the All-Star game, he told the guys if he wins a share of the 100 grand, he would fly them wherever they want on a PJ. Maybe they're, they're going to Vegas right now. I would assume they're going to private table and having a good time. Yeah. Maybe that's his uh, bachelor money. Um, I also do think the Oilers training Shut staff was there and the and Dry Settle McDavid posted a nice photo with them after. Yep. I would imagine a good chunk of it yeah, the training staff. That's fair too. They were on the bench with him. Yeah. Um, what else do we got going on here? Um, I really hope Frank in the next couple of days just drop some bombs with like new guys who are available. Me too. Because I am so sick and tired of talking about like guys like Gensel, who we don't even like we don't even know if he's really available, you yeah, know, like our dreams of guys who aren't even on this list very high. Like, can we pull up the list again? Yeah, I got like, it right here. <laughs> like, come on, like Nick Dowd at number eight. Are you kidding me? Like, we spent the last two weeks talking about how Sean Walker might be a little bit better than Cody Cece, and he played two playoff games last season because the Kings didn't want to play him against the Oilers. Like, Tarasenko would be nice. Jake Allen, like, don't even come anywhere near me. Like, Tyson Berry, wherever he goes, his first game will be like his 700th in his career. It's yeah. crazy. Like, if you're doing it, it's just like, holy smokes, this is exhausting. That's Trevor Zegers was number four on this list two weeks ago. Now he's already off. Yeah, he's already 30. 30. Uh, Calvin Pickard, who won in the arms race last year, guys? Boston. The Boston was the race. winner. And they lost in the first round. The, the deadline arms race. Like every, Frank made an interesting point. The last two years, the team to win the Stanley Cup has not traded their first round pick. Colorado. That's not true. Didn't the Golden... Oh, no, they traded Zach Dean. Former first round pick. It'd Sorry. be like us trading yes. Borgo. Year before that, Colorado got Manson for a second. Added Cogliano, I think, was the other piece. Did they trade Lackanen for a first? Lack- it was a first in Justin Barron? No, I think it was a second. One day I'll get an answer right. <laughs> I'm double checking. You're doing great. Lackanen was good, though. They, they- second rounder in Justin Barron. So again, a former first, but they didn't actually trade their first round pick. I'm not going to excuse the Oilers if they don't trade their first round pick. I think they need to go do something significant, and they're in a different scenario than a lot of teams usually are because it's McDavid and Drysaddle. Clock's ticking, like, let's go. But I, the team that wins the deadline usually doesn't win the Stanley Cup. I don't care what they trade. They just need to get the right players. And I think we talked about this on Oilers Nation Radio the other day, how people said that there was maybe an overpayment for Sean Monaghan. But if that's what Winnipeg needed and that was their only move, then who cares that you had to move a first-round pick? Yeah, get you what move, you need. You move what you need. And if the Oilers just need a bottom six guy and they trade a third-round pick for it, then mm-hmm. great. I couldn't care less. Last season, the Oilers needed someone like Ekholm, so they moved the pick. Mm-hmm. I think you got to do the right thing here and, and make the correct deals with the assets you have. Like, I don't care. what Again, don't care what they trade. There's some guys on this team, obviously, have a lot of value. I'm looking at a guy like Holloway, obviously. Roberg, even Borgo, he just gets tossed out in all these deals. It's like, I think these guys have more value than we're actually suggesting. So if it takes a second round pick to go and get whatever, then that's all you're going to do. And if it's all they're doing to make themselves better, then they got better. I think we always, these trades are, you never really get massive ones, do you? Yeah. At the actual deadline. Saying, I know Lindholm just got traded for a boatload, but like, Ekholm last year was massive. Ekholm was a big one, but there wasn't like too, too many more. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. We'll see. I think things will get a little bit spicy here, though, right before the deadline, as they always do. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, the Oilers are back in action tomorrow. Finally, we have another Sherwood Ford giant game day edition of the show. Man, I'm just scrolling through Betway right now quickly. 
they have some interesting odds up for will or won't make the playoffs. We might do this tomorrow on the show. We might make this a bit. I'm going to go and I'm going to give you like my five most interesting. Right. And you're going to tell me, oh, yeah, you'll tell me like higher or lower percent chance based on what Betway odds are. But like the Blues, spicy, plus 225 on St. Louis to make the playoffs. Hmm. We'll talk about that to tomorrow. Make the playoffs. That'll be our bet. That'll be part of the Betway thing tomorrow because we also have it's the return of the game day betting challenge. Big shout out to Betway 19 right. plus. Please play responsibly. Big day tomorrow at the nation. The menu for our friends at DoorDash, 25% off, zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more. All you need to do is download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code NATION25 to get your discount. You see it up at the top of your screen if you're watching on our YouTube. Um, Okay, new Nation Real Life dropping this afternoon. It's probably going to be a good one as we wrap up everything that went down over All-Star Weekend. But tomorrow, Aaron mentioned it's a big day. Yeah, Sherwood Ford Giant Game Day. Yeah, new episode of ONR. Yeah, we got pre and post making its grand return after Aaron's break. He's fired up. I'm so far chomping at the bit, but we're going to be doing the shows live from Greta. Greta, Greta. We are throwing a watch party to support the boys as they get ready to potentially tie an NHL record. You're going to want to be there. It is an elite pre and post game spot, and it is an unreal spot to watch the game. I'm going to be on the mic. We're going to be doing some giveaways. We got food and bevy specials from our friends at Greta as well. It is Edmonton. Versus Vegas from Vegas, where fans have apparently totally taken over the strip. Mm-hmm. And we are going to be at Greta tomorrow. Super Bowl week, too. Yeah. I saw Sergeant Battle dropped in the chat that he was coming. Yep. Why don't you, if you're in the chat, no, Lance, you don't need tickets. You can just swing on by. Pre and post game live from the bar with Aaron. I'll be doing pregame. We're going to have a good time. It's going to be a very good time. You guys will have a blast. Greta is always great. Mm hmm. No Liam tomorrow. No, I won't make that one, unfortunately. Sucks. When you go away for a week. Yeah, you've been on the road for two weeks. Responsibilities to take care of. (laughs) Smart man. Smart man. Uh, All right, let's move towards the end of the show here. Big shout out to Betway, DoorDash, Star Mechanical for the Star Mechanical guest line and our pal Bruce Kerlock, who is just tremendous as always. Someone once said, why don't you go back and forth more with Bruce, make it a conversation. I wouldn't open up a math conversation with Einstein. So why would I do that about hockey and Bruce? He would just make, he would make me feel small. He is the nicest man though. And we appreciate his appearances. Our new pals at service credit union for the mock trade today, Sherwood Ford for the giant question sports closet for the sports closet studio. And the YouTube chat as always is brought to you by charm diamond centers. We're going to be back tomorrow. Jay will be here. We'll get set for Edmonton versus Vegas. Come on, let's go. Going to be a good one. We'll chat with you tomorrow. 1201 mountain. Thank you for watching Oilers nation every day. Hit the subscribe button to never miss a show. And for more, visit OilersNation.com.